It's election season as voters in Skagway decide on a $65 million revenue bond for port development in October, and a constitutional convention gets considered in the statewide election in November. It's the KHNS Local News. I'm Mike Swayze. Those stories are up next. During municipal elections on October 4th this year, Skagway residents will vote on a proposition that would allow the municipality to access up to $65 million for port improvements. Municipal leaders hosted a town hall meeting to explain their plan to pay for the loan on Thursday night. But a group of residents hosted their own gathering on Tuesday night, asking the community to vote no. When Skagway voters make the decision about Proposition 1 in October, it will ultimately determine whether to improve the waterfront sooner or later. If the proposition passes, the municipality plans to immediately access up to $6 million to expand the berth at the ore dock to allow post-Panamax-sized cruise ships to dock there, as a part of an effort to allow four ships to visit on any given day next year. If the proposition fails, municipal officials say that plan would be put on hold. Proposition 1 calls for the adoption of a revenue bond that could produce as much as $65 million for any port improvements. But as borough manager Brad Ryan said in the town hall meeting on Thursday night, the bond isn't tied to any specific project. This bond isn't specific to the document design. It can change. In fact, the bond may recommend that you don't make it too specific because there will be nuances and changes. If adopted, the municipality would have access to the funds but would not have to start making payments until they are actually used. For example, let's say the municipality used $1 million to upgrade a dock for next year, and that's the only improvement they made using revenue bond funds. They would then need to start repayment only on that $1 million. Repayment would be made from revenue generated by the port, not by taxpayers. Cruise ships would be the largest contributors as they pay a fee every time they dock in Skagway, plus they pay a separate fee per passenger. The municipality released its financial plan after their town hall meeting and used earnings estimates based solely on cruise ship generated revenue expectations. Those estimates say next year, roughly $13.5 million will be generated by cruise ships on the Ore and Broadway docks, increasing by about a half million dollars each subsequent year. They also estimate that if they use the entirety of the $65 million revenue bond, the repayment each year would be about $4 million. That would leave a net gain of several million dollars each year. The municipality has been working with design firm KPFF for over a year on a long-term plan to upgrade the ore dock into a multi-purpose facility. Their design, which is now 30% complete and scheduled to be at 60% by the end of the year, would allow for a large post-Panamax-sized cruise ship with 4,000 passengers to dock at the same time as an ore, fuel, or freight barge. That plan is subject to change and isn't on the ballot in October. But there's a group of residents in Skagway, led by a former president of White Pass and Yukon Route, Paul Taylor, that are asking voters to cast a no vote on Proposition 1. Taylor told KHNS that he doesn't agree with the KPFF design plans. He says he has a concept that allows for more cruise ships to dock at the Ore Peninsula, though freight and fuel barges would not be able to dock while all of the cruise ships are in port. Our vision of the port development in the Ore Terminal Basin calls for three ships in that basin. 
Taylor has a conceptual drawing and initial cost estimates based on his previous experience on Skagway's waterfront. His group's estimate for potential earnings using the KPFF long-term design are far lower than the municipalities. Taylor told KHNS that his plan would also need to be paid for with revenue bonds. His concept would likely cost at least $100 million, and he has no timeline for when it could be completed. The vote on October 4th is about funding for improvements to the Ore Peninsula, which both parties agree are necessary. With early voting underway for municipal elections, some voters are already looking ahead to the general election in November. In addition to selecting candidates for state and federal positions, voters will decide on two ballot measures, one of which is whether the state of Alaska should convene a constitutional convention. This once-per-decade ballot question is getting an unusual amount of interest this election season, with two prominent groups organizing on either side of the issue. KHNS's Brandon Wilkes reached out to both groups to learn more about how this might affect Southeast Alaska. Since the Alaska Constitution became law upon formal proclamation of statehood on January 3, 1959, Alaskan voters have only given approval for a constitutional convention once, in 1970, a slimly decided decision that was challenged with a lawsuit due to the wording on the ballot and subsequently dismissed. This year, we'll see Alaskans decide on the question once again, and Jim Minnery from Convention Yes believes it's time for Alaskans to finally vote to revisit the Constitution. There's a, a group of Alaskans that over the last several years have realized that the legislature has been pretty dysfunctional in terms of being able to set a budget, having you know endless special sessions, and it, it turns out that ever since Bill Walker made a decision to, to not follow the statute of the PFD in terms of formula that had, had been in place successfully for 30 years, he decided that the government could spend the PFD better than the people. And so his determination in the, in the legislature in some ways went along of saying, we're going to take the, pe- the people's money. And it's been used as a political football to slow any kind of productive work down in Juneau for too long. A constitutional convention would open the Alaskan Constitution to amendments and revisions. It would require delegates to be elected to represent the interests of the people, and any changes to the Constitution would then have to be ratified by Alaskan voters. We do know that individuals from each of those communities, whether it's southeast Alaska and the ferry system or rural Alaska, they all will have delegates at the convention. Opposing a constitutional convention is the group Defend Our Constitution. Mike Shukaro, a member of the group, pointed to the broad political spectrum they represent and believes that the possible risks from a convention far outweigh any possible benefits. But one issue that we're in agreement on is that uh, we should not have a constitutional convention in 2022. You know, we understand that there are inherent risks associated with opening up the entire constitution to fundamental rewrite. This would be a Pandora's box of unintended consequences, and it would Uh, have impacts on issues ranging from resource development, taxation, individual privacy, hunting and fishing rights. A convention would certainly have a chilling effect on the economy. It would create a lot of uncertainty for the state. Regarding the PFD, Shukaro doesn't believe that a constitutional convention would guarantee that meaningful changes would be made and could even lead to the elimination of the fund entirely. As no convention has ever been called in Alaska, there would be no precedent for how to proceed and what the convention would look like. A convention could take several years to take place, and the financial cost is unknown. He advocates for the amendment process we currently utilize for any changes. Alaskans have opted for a more targeted 
and narrow approach through the constitutional amendment process that has been used over uh, has been used 28 times successfully. Alaskans has brought forward over 40 amendments and have passed 28, and those have made changes. But this is a really important issue. We want people to understand that this is on the ballot every 10 years here and that people should get educated and smart on, on why this is an important issue and what the inherent risks are. Jim Minnery believes that the amendment system is flawed and doesn't always guarantee that the changes Alaskans want will be implemented. Given that any changes to the Constitution would have to go through the delegation and Alaskan voters, he believes the process will keep any possible risk to a minimum. I trust the people of Alaska. For KHNS, I'm Brandon Wilkes. More information from each group can be found at conventionyes.com and defendakconstitution.com. For KHNS News, I'm Mike Swayze. Thanks for joining us. You can listen to and read local news stories online at khns.org. You can also subscribe to KHNS News anywhere you get your podcasts.